This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking things out here. And thanks, by the way, for making April the the best month so far for the America on Par show. Thanks uh, for listening in. And I know you've been sharing this out with your friends on Facebook and Twitter, and that's part of why this audience has been growing. So please keep that up. We want to keep growing this audience so we can reach more people. Uh, I, I bet over the last week, speaking of Facebook, your Facebook feed has been full of posts about Target's transgender toilet policy. And some of your friends may have asked you to sign a petition to boycott Target. Others, others of your friends may have countered with the list of how impossible it would be to boycott every company with a gender-neutral bathroom policy like McDonald's or American Airlines, etc., Some of your friends have probably posted stories about sexual assaults taking place in public restrooms, right? Raise your hands if that's happened. Others have probably posted statistics that show that transgendered people are more likely to be assaulted than they are to assault others. Anybody seen that? And you've probably seen the word transphobic somewhere on your feed at least once in the past week. Well, in the immortal words of Sting, I don't subscribe to this point of view. Let me explain. If you give you just a few minutes, I'm going to tell you why all of these arguments fall flat for me and hopefully give you some advice on how to stand on your principles without ending Facebook friendships. I think those things are important, both of those. Let's start with boycotts. I'm not a fan of boycotts. As a conservative, I don't want anyone telling me what to do, even other conservatives. I want to live my life without interference from big government or special interests, even when those special interest groups are groups I agree with. (laughs) Now, that said, I don't mind spending my money in a way that sends a political message. I'm much more likely to shop at Hobby Lobby than I am at Michael's. And frankly, my wife's much more likely to shop at either one of those than I am. Uh, It's nothing against Michaels, by the way. I've just seen Hobby Lobby stand up for principles I agree with, and I want to support that. I'm not going to try and force you to follow my lead. That's just how I use my money. I did buy dinner at Chick-fil-A when liberals called for a boycott of that business. And how, how did that boycott backfire, right? Yet Shane had record sales in the middle of a boycott. Way to go, liberals. I refused to support a company in the past. I, I went about 15 years without buying gasoline from Exxon. I didn't like how they dealt with the Exxon Valdez oil spill in Alaska. I thought their oversight of their cocaine-addicted captain was negligent. I felt their cleanup efforts were too slow. I thought they spent more time in the courts than they did on those oil-soaked beaches. Now, I may have been wrong in my opinion, but that was my opinion, and I acted and spent my money accordingly. I didn't make others follow my examples. I didn't shame my friends who went to Exxon. I would just go to a Texaco or a Chevron across the street. I also didn't say never. I believe that everything has limits, even boycotts. Think of this in terms of science. When an object is falling, it accelerates at 9.8 meters per second squared until there's a limit. What's the limit to that acceleration due to gravity? the ground. 
See, when the object hits the ground, it stops accelerating at 9.8 meters per second squared because the ground is now pushing back with an equal and opposite force. The ground is the limit to acceleration due to gravity. See, nowadays, I have no problem buying gas from Exxon. My personal boycott of Exxon had its limit. My shock and my outrage and my anger over the Valdez wreck eventually subsided, and as it did, so did my reluctance to buy gas from Exxon. Plus, other factors have come into play. They didn't get the bulk of their oil from Venezuela like some other gas chains do, and they are standing up to the climate-crusading attorneys general. I admire that, and I'm willing to support them. As a conservative, I don't care that you spend your money at Diamond Shamrock or not. That's none of my business. How you choose to pursue your happiness is up to you. How I choose to pursue my happiness is up to me. And may your pursuit of happiness bring you joy. I believe that all of our individual decisions in the marketplace will lead to the right outcome for our nation eventually, and that artificial manipulation of that marketplace will lead to poor outcomes, whether that artificial manipulation is government involvement or whether it's an organized boycott. So that's why I'm not going to sign on to the petition to boycott Target. On the other hand, I've already found myself very reluctant to go into one since their policy was announced. There are plenty of other stores for me to visit. I'm under no obligation to do business with a company with which I disagree. Second issue, those posts about sexual predators in public bathrooms. We've all seen them, and they're usually grouped around posts about Target's bathroom policy. Well, here's the problem. Those posts are sponsored. They are clickbait, set up by Facebook's computer's algorithms. See, Facebook software knows you pretty darn well. They know that if they put up a paid link to a story about sexual predators in public bathrooms near a Target story, you are pretty likely to click on it. And Facebook will make advertising money off of your click. It's devious genius, isn't it? But those stories also have nothing to do with Target's bathroom policy. I haven't seen any credible report yet of a sexual predator taking advantage of Target's policy inside a Target. There have been incidents in public bathrooms in other businesses around the country, but those took place before Target's policy went into effect. Now, I think that means Target is running a risk here. If there ever is a sexual predator that uses the transgender policy to attack someone inside a Target restroom, then Target will be liable. There's no excuse for them. They can't say they didn't know. Of course they did. It's happened elsewhere previously. It could happen at a Target. And Target intentionally relaxed a security policy for political reasons. But you need to be skeptical of those articles. The headlines don't always match the facts in the articles. And the headlines are designed to get you to click. They will play on your preconceived ideas. And since Facebook stalks you, they know what your preconceived ideas already are. When you read those articles, read them with a skeptical view. Don't look for confirmation. Look for errors, mistakes, mismatches, logical fallacies. If you go looking for something to confirm what you already believe, it will be easy to find. But if you 
If you do that, you'll miss the problems and the errors in the argument. However, if you go searching for where the article makes mistakes and you can't find them, then you may have confirmation, the confirmation that you are hoping for. You have to approach it backwards. You have to be skeptical. Next, those posts about how transgendered people are more likely to be victims of violence than the perpetrators of violence, that's true. The numbers bear that out. But by the way, the numbers of assaults against transgendered people in America are much lower than they are in Islamic country. That, however, is a topic for another podcast, so we'll get to that later. Again, those stats are true, but they aren't actually part of this target argument. Conservatives opposed Target's bathroom policy not because they think it's going to turn transgendered people into sexual predators. They believe the policy will make it easier for existing sexual predators to commit sexual crimes inside of Target. If you want a catchy phrase for it, it's going to put a target on our children. And yes, most sexual predators are heterosexual men, not the gender confused. This isn't transphobic, it's misandrinist, which means hatred of men. Because let's face it, a lot of men kind of suck. While we're on the topic of transphobia, remember that words have meaning. The meaning of the suffix phobia is fear of. So transphobia means fear of transgender or the transgendered. And that's ridiculous. Conservatives don't fear the transgendered. We don't think we'll catch it like rabies or the Zika virus. It's not spread through mosquitoes. Liberals use the word transphobia to mean hatred of the transgendered, just as they use homophobia to mean hatred of homosexuality, when what they really mean is transmisia, since the suffix misia means hate. Or you could use the prefix miso or mise as in misogynist or someone who hates women. Please, if you're going to invent new words to shame your fellow citizens, at least have the dedication to the craft of wordsmithing to use the correct roots, or I will be forced to refer to you as a misosophist. And I'll mean it too. Misosophist, by the way, means someone who hates wisdom or learning. Finally, how do you engage in this argument without losing friends? First off, make sure that you know that keeping those friends is important to you. It should be. I saw a great sermon by Pastor Andy Stanley from the Northwood Church in Georgia. He said it's important to keep those relationships because it's through those connections that you can have influence in someone else's life. When those connections are severed, you no longer have the ability to influence them and there may be a time in the future when you might be the only person who could have reached them. Don't give up your influence unnecessarily. That means keeping your friendship is vital. So here's how I approach it. I say, I understand your point of view. You are loving and caring, and you don't want anyone to feel excluded from society. I get it. That's noble. I've just made a different calculation. I've weighed the importance of one subset of our population to feel included against the importance of another subset of our population to feel safe. For me, that second group wins out. 
Now, if your friend's a sci-fi nerd, perhaps you could put it in the words of, of Mr. Spock. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. I don't believe that a desire to accommodate people who are confused about their gender should lead to decisions that put children in danger of violent sexual encounters before they are really old enough to spell gender. In other words, I don't want transphilia to lead to misopedia. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory.